it's me, Home Slices. It is Bridge Live What. I am here with Theosaurus Rex. Greetings, all. It is I, the Theosaurus Rex. The fancy Theosaurus Rex. So we got like nicknames for. So you're fancy Theosaurus Rex. Yes. Um, and then we got controversial Jimmy Humphrey. I yes. don't know if you heard about his controversy, but he, he I, went kind of viral last week. Oh, man. And. Look, notice that he goes viral, and now he's he's interested in being an indie <laughs> mastermind. He has forgotten his first love. Yes. Anyways, he made a post about um, authors, Christian authors, and mildly suggested that they give away their content for free, and Christian Twitter lost their minds over him. Um, we did an episode of the Wax Museum on that tweet, I don't know mm-hmm. if that clarified things or not, but it was quite interesting to see him blow up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, controversial Jimmy, he's not here. I was going to say because he's now naked and famous, wow. which is my segue <laughs> I see what you did into my, my Twitter moment. So I asked this question that I thought would be a lot of fun. Um, I said, uh, are we all going to be naked in heaven? And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Are we going to well, be naked in heaven? As a dinosaur, we're, we have like our scales and whatever, so we're mm. technically always without clothes. But um, for y'all humans, there, that is an interesting thing because we were originally um, you know, naked, naked, but we didn't feel any shame, and they got the clothes to cover up the shame of being naked. So, And that actually gets into one of my favorite Bible verses. But that's a whole other um, thing. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's like some scripture someone brought up that was set, you know, talked about robes of white and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I guess maybe we um, will be wearing robes or whatever. So yeah, um, that is yeah. It's in Revelation. It talks about um, I have robes of white. Yeah, and honestly, I was thinking about before the fall. But what really like really got me thinking about this is I've been listening to a series. Um, of podcasts it's it's called you have permission and they were talking about um end times anxiety that people had oh yeah back in the day yeah especially after the tribulation stuff going on and left behind all that kind of stuff yeah and because of those left behind books and everything and um and so i was thinking about how like in the movies they always like they have their clothes and it's all neat you know their clothes are neatly folded and placed on a chair, and they've yes. disappeared. And I'm like, where are all these naked people going? And then I thought, that would be a funny tweet. And it turns out, it was a funny tweet. Favorite response, besides the creepy guy that said, I hope so. Um, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. That was not me, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, wait. I'm All sorry. right, <laughs> got me off, um, off, off task here. Um, no, it was it was somebody who said, "I hope not," because I really like having pockets. Oh, that is so important. Oh, that warranted a follow. Yes. Honestly, what is your rule? Do you have a rule for who you follow on Twitter? Um, sometimes, a lot of times, it would be like, "Oh, we had a, a pretty decent um, conversation," mm-hmm. and even though we disagreed, I'm going to give the person a follow. Other times, it's this person followed me, and 
quick um, overview. They're not a terrible human being, so <laughs> I will go ahead and follow you. Um, so, so for my smaller accounts, I have multiple Twitter accounts, right? So for my smaller accounts, I will follow anybody that follows me. But mm -hmm. with my Bridge Livoide account, I'm now, I now feel like I can be more discriminating. <laughs> I can discriminate. Wow. discrimination That's, is terrible. Yes. Um, so what I always do is like, yeah, I'll follow people if the interaction was really good. Um, my other rule is that what I will do is look at the last three tweets they've made. And if the okay. last three tweets, you know, if one of them entices me, I will follow them. If the last three tweets are boring, you know, they're just like about football or some dumb American thing. Football? What? Then, <laughs> then, then I'm wow. like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to follow that person. And so if you follow me, I may or may not follow you back. Um, I'll only follow you back if you're not boring. Oh, that's good. Oh, see, I was going to tweet that, and then I thought, like, anybody who checks to see if I followed them, I've now just insulted them. This is true. At least their last three tweets. Speaking of boring, you were watching some more reality TV. You know what? That's okay. This look, look, mittens. That's not that's not acceptable right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just we won't explain that nickname. Exactly. Oh, in that case, yes. <laughs> we we can't talk about mittens because that's political. I don't want to get political right now. Oh, no, not, not political. Can't be political. Not poli nope. No, no, nope. not no. Nope. Uh, so uh, I, bleh, as far back as when the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy came out, uh -huh. um, I've been a fan of Queer Eye. Uh huh. And so I've got behind on it due to a bunch of stuff going on. So um, we got a bunch of people sick and stuff going on in my household. So. Um, Sitting down watching Queer Eye in Japan, or Chairware in Japan, or whatever the name of it is. Uh -huh. They had one of the best episodes of, like, all not scripted TV, I guess would be a good way to, like, all reality TV. So whatever. they, like, basically help people dress nicer, right? Is that the idea? Yeah, so there, there's, okay. a, sorry, yeah, there's a guy who does um, cooking, a guy who does dressing, a guy who, like, designs stuff, one dude who's, like, a psychologist, like, culture. Um, so it's, like, kind of holistic making people's lives better yes okay and um yeah and then you've got oh then you've got a fashion beauty or a, a, like a beauty like thing yeah but they, they take they get every ah, aspect of it they come a in there beauty thing yes there's a there's a guy who does like um hairstyle like um if you've got like a beard or whatever he helps you out with that kind of stuff Ooh, i used to so have like, a beard Ooh, hmm was it a real beard or was it like like stubble that you pretend it was a beard it was it was a real beard Okay. You don't Sweet. remember my beard? Not a whole lot. Okay. Well, let's just now, move on. Enough about great. me. Now, no, now I've now I've offended you. I won't hear from you. I'm just kidding. Um. So what? They, so they, it's a really cool. They go in their holistic thing, and so they got um the one of the the first one they did in Japan. It was this lady who um she lost her sister um due to cancer, and while the sister was in the hospital, it was very like you know hospitals in general aren't very like hospitable ha but uh -huh. they are um and so she decided to open up her home and become like a hospice worker oh. and so she was helping out the people and stuff like that and she, in her house in her own house that yeah. is crazy that's awesome like to the point that she gave up her bedroom because and what she wanted to do is we have like so people could feel like they're with family and friends and stuff like that she gave up her bedroom and was sleeping underneath the table 
Wow. Um, so that as the people walked around, they didn't step on her in the middle of the night. And, um, and this is what she's done. And so she did it for 20 years uh, since her, um, her sister died. And she, her, all of her clothes were really old and that kind of stuff because she didn't, um, she put all of her money towards, you know, doing the hospice thing. Wow. And, um, it's like so Mother Teresa it. going on there. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, was, it was so nice. It was so, I cried like three times during it because it was such a nice, anyway. So what they did is they did work with her to get a new wardrobe. They did work with her to like redesign the house and found her place so they could build her in like a little bedroom and that kind of stuff. So they met those needs. But the biggest thing that they did is they just encouraged her. Hmm. And like um, she was really struggling with the fact that, you know, maybe if she had died, then her sister would be alive and her sister was married and had a family and stuff like that. And her kids wouldn't be without mom. Stuff like that. And so one of the guys was just like, look, you just need to be able to say, you know, I, I, I did the best that I could. Hmm. And and I, I I'm not to blame for that, and I forgive myself for not doing these things. And the other person was like, she's like, you know, I have a big nose and I'm really ugly, you know, by Japanese standards. And he was like, no, you're not, you're you're awesome. And then hmm. he got her outfit, and she was like, oh, I look I look pretty. I'm not, you know, repulsive and stuff like that. And so it was just this. What they did, even if they wouldn't have given her all the new stuff and helped helped out the other stuff, just the fact that they were encouraging her was like phenomenal. And that was like life changing to her. And it got me thinking hmm. about how um, I don't think that we we don't really encourage a lot of people like nowadays. Yeah. It's kind of like a lost art of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I've been thinking a lot too, actually, in this last like couple of days because I got so many replies to my Naked Heaven tweet, right. and I was like, okay, like the ones that are interesting, I want to go back and forth with these people on this. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get into it with the ones that were pretty common you know, responses. Yeah. But um, I was thinking about like when, you know, I was talking to you about marketing and I'm like, I'm not very good at marketing. And he's like, and you said, he, <laughs> you said, you give meaningful interactions. And the whole time I was thinking about that as people responded and I was responding back, I'm like, I want this to be meaningful and right. encouraging to them. And we can do that. We can do that in social media where we make people feel valued in how we yeah. respond to them. And I was thinking, too, I was listening to this podcast yesterday, Blind Boy, and um, he was talking about Buddhism, actually. It was really interesting. But um, he said that when you're going through the till to actually smile at the person and treat them like a human being is huge. Mm -hmm. Because mm. it's like retail workers spend all day oh being gosh. told you have to smile and they get treated so poorly. Can you be the one person that treats them kindly and acknowledges yes. them as a human being? Yep. Yeah. It is, it's so big being in retail for so long. Like, you know, so currently I'm, I'm moonlighting and like in like security. Like up at oh, the I didn't front know you're doing security. Yeah, it's um. Well, I'm doing security at the retail place I go to, like, so I stand up there and make sure people don't steal stuff. But like, mm. because I'm right by the doors, I get like everything. Like the the people are upset, they mm. yell at me, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah I'm never coming back here again." And <laughs> and but then there's like a couple no! people. No, I need you to come back. I, yes, we <laughs> we have one guy who's like, "Oh no, no, don't don't never come back here again. We we need you." And it's just like really melodramatic about it. 
And then they see through it, then they get mad at him, and then they come and complain to him. It's just um, – but then there are some people who are just, like, really nice, and it's, yeah. like, they're just thankful. They're, like, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And yeah. they're, like hey, – and it's just, like, wow, because I – my whole day is better now because you've done this. Oh, man, and yes. So, and and then kind of going back to the encouragement thing, it's, like, one of the things that, like, in my old job that I was at and stuff like that, when when I saw someone was really struggling or having a tough week, I'd just write them a quick little, like, note. And, like, it was so for, like, hey, I, I know you're having a tough time. Just want you to know I'm praying for you. Um, you know, if, if you need something, let me know. I'll do my best to help you out. And let me buy you um, a Coke next time you need one or whatever. And these people were, like, they're just, like, wow, no one, no one's ever done something like that for me. That's really nice. Thank you so mm. much. And then, like, now with that said, there was, like, if I was writing that to, like, one of the single girls that I was, like, hey, just, you know, just letting you know, just throwing this out, you know, whatever. I, I worded it so it didn't sound terrible that I can't think of right now. Um, but it's just, like, there is that kind of thing of, like, oh, is she going to think like I'm trying to hit on her and stuff like that? And so there is a, like, a social stigma in many ways about, like, just the quote-unquote, like, nice guy and mm-hmm. whatever. But I think that, I think there is a, there is kind of a lost art of encouragement and so when it happens it means so much to people so like in the retail thing because we're inundated all this time with all these terrible things and then when finally someone's nice to us it's just it's like like we're life-changing yeah well and that's what we want to be we want to be the light Ooh. and so we should be excelling at that as christians actually it was really interesting one of my favorite uh, podcasters doug bursch did an episode talking about Christians and tipping when they um, go to a restaurant after church. Right. Oh and my. he's like, That's... man, like that, like Christians in some of these towns have a reputation for being the worst crowd to deal with as a waitress yes. or as a server. And um, anyways, it was really good stuff, but he's just like, and... we should excel at those things. So, um, yeah. Kind of, you, you were talking about the Godfather and favors. Um, someday, yes. I'll let you read it. Someday, and that day may never come. I will call upon you for a service for me. But until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. That's the line from the Godfather that he said. I'm not going to try to do the accent. Yeah, um, I've never seen it. You've never seen the God what? No, that's a um, movie, oh. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, calm down. It's okay. We're good. Um, yes. So the whole, you know, about the concept of a Godfather in terms of like with the mob and that kind of thing. No, not really. Like they run things. So he's like the boss yes. man. Yeah. He's so he's the boss. You have a family, and they go through and they do illegal things. Like so, back in the 1920s, like with the Godfather, it was um, alcohol because of prohibition here in the U.S. Um, he might run like gambling rings, stuff like that. They make money. Um, they offer protection to people. Um, you know, so, oh, hey, it's a nice place. It would be terrible if someone beat it up or, you know, beat up, you know, ruins your place. And then sometimes they cause the ruin to happen so that the people will pay them protection money, extortion, racketeering, all that kind of stuff. But the Godfather yeah. himself was a, he was a good man who did, and he did somewhat nefarious things. And so, like, if you paid protection money, then everyone knew if they messed with you, they messed with, you know, the family that you're paying protection to. Oh, okay. And okay. so on his wedding day, on the day of his daughter's wedding, you could ask a Sicilian um, for any favor, and they, if it's within their power, they need to grant it. So this guy, um, so the Godfather, guy came to the Godfather, asked for a favor, 
And so it's kind of the refrain that the Godfather always had is someday, and that day may never come, I may call upon you to do a service for me, but until that day, accept this as a gift to my daughter's wedding day. Huh. And so <clears throat> the whole thing, sorry, is about giving favors without necessarily an expectation of paying back, but with the appreciation that if you are in need at some point, they will pay you back. It's like and a so, level of loyalty, wouldn't it be? Like, I, I've done this for you, and it's like, I may or may not need something from you in the future, but I, I trust that you'll be willing to help me out if I need it later. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting topic, or, or um, uh, kind of concept for, like, favors and whatnot. And so I realized this as I was... Like whenever I go to like whenever I go to work and I get a drink, you know, whoever's ringing me up, say, "Hey, would you like a drink as well?" And sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no. But it started this kind of thing where like, so I offer it with no expectation of getting anything back, just like, "Hey, you know, you need a drink? Yes, I want a drink, whatever." And so they've started at times if they're going to get a drink, they're like, "Hey, would you like a drink?" And I'm like, "Sure, I'd like this." Or sometimes I'm like, "No, you know, whatever it is." And um, we've kind of created this culture of like offering buying people drinks and then getting yeah. stuff and the whole reason why i originally started doing it is because there were definitely times where like i really needed something to drink or a snack or something but i didn't either didn't have the money maybe i forgot my wallet or i just couldn't get off you know from wherever i was working to to get something and so when someone offered me a drink one time it was just like this is so great i'm so appreciative so i wanted to offer that to people and in doing that we've created this kind of culture of giving things so the question yeah inherent within that is, is it morally dubious to offer something freely, but then have a slight level of expectation that hopefully it will happen back to you at some point if you need it? Or is it, is that totally fine to do? Um, I, I, I would think like culturally, yes. Um, as a Christian, like I just, I think we're just called to give. And not expect anything in return. And there is something kind of freeing about that because you then are like shocked when people do things for you. And I'm, I'm finding even, you know, when you talk about like encouragement, you know, I really work at giving encouragement to people like regularly mm -hmm. and try to be positive in my interactions with people. And then when they return with kind things back to me, I'm like shocked and almost uncomfortable because I'm like, no, 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 I'm the person that does this, yeah. <laughs> you know? But um, I, I like the idea, though, of going and getting a coffee for someone. Then it's like, someday, and that day <laughs> may never come. I will call upon you to do a service for me. But until that day, accept this coffee as a gift on this fine <laughs> Tuesday morning. Yes, you have to do. You should do that. Yeah, that I don't know what thing? kind of accent that was. The, the, you started, the, it was all over like, the place. Yeah, you turned in like a JFK type accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am not English. a crook. <laughs> was like, uh, I, I like um, the guy from The Simpsons, Mayor, Mayor Quimby. I don't, I don't watch The Simpsons. I don't know. Yeah, all Christians should. Us. Uh, Star Wars! Speaking yes. of movies, Star Wars hot takes. So Jimmy came out with a hot take saying, like, what was it? The newest ones are the best? Or Yes. Yeah. I, did. I heard you, you You were not happy with that take. No, because he's lying. He's, he's, that, mm. So you like I, the originals and you don't like the rest? 
I like the originals and I like the prequels. I don't like Disney Star Wars because Disney Star Wars is not real Star Wars because they violate canon. And if we just allow whatever company owns it to make canon up just that violates the previous stuff, then there's no basis for myths and and thing you don't Are you going to start crying? It's, it's, Almost. It's really upsetting to me. Although Return of Skywalker was pretty decent. Okay, okay here's my uh, hot take. My hot take? Uh, They're all the same. Every Star Wars movie true. is no, the same. No, leave. You can't. <laughs> so you wanted to talk about forgiveness love languages? Yes. Are, what, what's that? Well, right. So you have hurt me in a way by saying that about Star Wars. And so now you need to ask for forgiveness. Oh, but I have to ask it in a way that suits your love language. Exactly. So it's not just like love languages. Like the love languages, for those of you all who don't know, there are like five ways that like we receive and like give love. It's like, you know, sometimes it may be like sometimes people, you know, saying, hey, I care about you doesn't mean as much as if you actually go and like do something for them versus like buying them a gift versus like spending time with them. Yeah, um, versus... I'm going to try this. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll give you past that time. <laughs> I never. I've never understood gifts as a love language. I like it when people buy me stuff. Exactly. Yes, that's it. It's like, like really. As an, as an example, like I receive love by people spending time with me. Yeah. And um. See, and that's then, a like, good love language. That's not like. That's not a, like a like a petty love language. But then I show love, like, by buying stuff for people and, like, offering to, like, get good deals or, like, spending my time to, like, find yeah. a good deal. See, I, li I like people that buy stuff. Like, that's cool. But this whole idea, my love language is you shower me in gifts. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you are, like, yes. <laughs> you're dumb. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, your wife's love language is not gifts. But it's, like, hopefully not. Now, so... So with the idea that different people like receive love and give love in a different way. So then my idea was, what if forgiveness kind of works in that certain way or like apologies? So like there's for me, it is really important that you a, acknowledge that, you know, that you've said, hey, this was wrong. And then you do your best to find some way to make it right. Sorry. To... Sorry. I broke your heart. Here's a car. That could work. Or, like, if you went and, like, broke something, then, like, here, let me try to replace that. Or, yeah. you know, whatever the case is, to try to make it right or, or to show that I'm not going to do this again. So if it's well, like... That's, hey. Yeah. That's kind of like restorative justice. Yeah. I'm kind of stuck on this notion of restorative justice. And I'm like, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to ensure I don't do that again? Right. And... Now, for everyone, though, that's not, like, super important. It's just the fact that the person acknowledges that they did what was wrong. Or for some people, it's like, I don't ever want to talk about this again. And like, so, yes, I appreciate your sorry. Now, we're never going to talk about this again. We're going to pretend that it never happened. Oh. Words and of affirmation. How... Yes. It's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're awesome. And then they're like, okay, you're, cool. You're now a cool gonna... guy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like your face. It's nice. Yes. I'm so sorry. Your face is symmetrical in ways that are pleasing to traditional um, values. And then now everything's good. It is, it is your face. It's, it's, it's amazing. Very nice. 
That's a nice face. <laughs> okay, Borat. They, uh, so the thing, so I just, but not everyone, like, but I've never really heard anybody talk about, like, the whole thing of, like, having forgiveness or apology, love languages, and I wonder if that is um, something that, like, we could, or not necessarily that, that would benefit society in some way of, like, realizing that it's not just a matter of saying you're sorry to some people. Some people are sorry is fine. Other people, it's, hey, I'm sorry, and I'm, I've learned what I've done wrong, and here's what I'm going to do to change it. Other people, it's like, you know, here, I've, I've, I've burnt your food, and I'm going to make you new food. So, like, and, you, you know what your love language is? Yes. For, for what? For everything? Was it, like, for everything, or is it just, like... Well, I have, I have a way that I receive love, a way that I give love, right. and then a way that I apologize. And because when I apologize, it's, it's important, or slash the way I like to be apologized, it's like, hey, I, I realized I did this wrong. Here's what I'm doing to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, see, that makes sense. And then I'll do my best to make it right, but I don't always, like, it's not as important for me to, like, like replace it if I can figure out a way, like, unless it's important to them for me to replace it. But sometimes I know it's just like, You've like I burned your food and now I I can't make food like that again so there's nothing I can do to replace it so I can just promise that I'll never turn the oven up all the way without looking in it again like something like that. I'm I'm sorry I cut off your ear. Here's your ear back. Here, have See your ya. ear back. I'll never swing my sword wildly again. <laughs> exactly. Sorry I poked out your eye. Here's your eye back. Love me. And I, <laughs> I think it's a very pretty eye. It's one of the best eyes that I've ever poked or gouged out. Words of affirmation. It's yes. Like the greatest eye ever. This is the best eye ever. Exactly. Hey, um, so I, I really like Blind Boy. He swears a lot. So I'm just going to warn you about that. I'm not going to swear, though. Um, Thank you. He was talking about how acts of compassion lead to stress reduction. Hmm. And it's almost like when we actually start caring about other people, we're less focused on ourselves. Actually, I think it's exactly it like that. And so when you start having compassion for others, we spend less time kind of dwelling on our own issues. Mm-hmm. And I... I thought that was really interesting. I, I think, you know, like, this is kind of an, an interesting tesh tension because it, it's like I, I really believe in the airplane rule of, like, you need to put your mask on before you put the mask on other people. So, like, right. if, you, if you're literally dying, it doesn't make sense to try to give acts of compassion to people with your last breath when in <laughs> reality what you need is rest so you don't die. Yeah. You know? And so, like, kind of finding that certain level of strength and then going and helping others instead of finding that level of strength, getting bored, getting depressed, and then wallowing in self-pity because you feel useless. Right? Mm -hmm. And so right. it's just kind of interesting how in a certain state of mind, it's very helpful to shift toward having compassion for other people. Hmm. And it, I mean, and it makes sense because, like, if once, okay, sorry, I'm, I'm re filtering out my thoughts. If you've got someone who, if let's say, let's say you lost your job and you're really struggling with it or whatever the case is, 
and then you're around someone helping them out who's been without a job for a long time and um you know whatever the case is and being around someone who may be suffering more than you or suffering in a different way than you or even just realizing that you're not alone in your suffering i think that that could um I definitely see how that could help with stuff. And then you're not focused on yourself because you're focused on other people. Mm-hmm. And then you get home and you think you can be more appreciative of the situation that you're in. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's funny too. Cause I saw this uh, tweet that someone was talking about like getting rid of toxic people from your life. Yeah. Which is totally a thing. It's like, got to get those toxic people out of my life. Right. But, okay. um, where was I? I think it was um, Bob Goff's show. He's got this podcast. I listened to a lot of podcasts this week because I was on the road. And so I drive a lot and listen to podcasts. And um, he had this uh, relationship guy on. And the guy was like basically saying, like, when you're actually mentally healthy, you're able to look at toxic people and say, yeah, yeah, that's yours. I'm dealing mm-hmm. with mine right now, but you got to deal with yours. And you're not taking yeah. on their toxicity. You're just mm-hmm. able to kind of look at them and be like, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> you know? And I was right. thinking about that. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, because like, lately I've been doing really well, like emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been like, you know, things go wrong and I'm like, ah, it's okay. It's all right. I'll just use my mad problem solving skills and fix it. And I've just been yeah. pretty confident and good, right? right? And I was thinking about like, you know, all these people are being like, oh, I got to get away from toxic people. And I'm like, you know, toxic people, I'm just like, you're dumb. Like, <laughs> you know, that's right. where I'm at right now because I am, I'm able to handle that right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like if that toxic person is starting to affect the way you are thinking, then yeah, you need to get away. Right. Because that toxicity is starting to spread, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think... Um like, yeah, so because they're like toxic people and because I play a lot of video games. And so there's so what they call like an area of effect or an aura or whatever that they may have around them where like when you when you're in a certain area, like you just you're affected by them. They have an area of effect around them or whatever. And a I feel that a lot of, of influence. Yes. That the toxic people, they have one of these is just around them. And so like there's a, a like one of my aunt was in a in, was in an abusive relationship like he was verbally abusive and stuff like that. And when she finally got out of that situation and got a divorce, the first thing, like the thing she said was the biggest thing at her house is that it was quiet. You didn't hear him yelling about stuff. You didn't hear like insulting. She could just sit down in her house and like there, there wouldn't be any noise. Yeah. And I feel that that toxic people have that aura around them. And I think some people, they can, they can deal with it a little bit more, especially if that toxicity is not like aimed at you. Yeah, but it still has that kind of an effect, and like there, and I think mm. it's okay to just be like, you know, what? I I don't have to be around these yeah. toxic I've, people. I've, I've had enough. I think some people are dosage kind of people too, right? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, they're starting to bring me down. It was kind of funny because there was um, a famous Christian person tweeted something about a certain political kind of ideal. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're not getting political. Are yeah, we? yeah, no, we're not. Okay, and I kind of tweeted out, and I'm like, oh, well, this is where these people are coming from, as far as I understand. And then someone replied to me and, like, kind of attacked those people again. 
and then private messaged me and was going back and forth and telling me about this group. You know, it's like it's a group of people that have this like movement going on, and he's talking to me about like, yeah, well, they're saying this about me and blah blah blah, and he's trying to like almost sway me over to his side, right? And I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, man. We just got to love each other, dude. <laughs> we just got to love each other. And he's just like, no, no, no. No, you don't understand. They're questioning mine. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wish Christians just loved each other more. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and the whole time, I'm just like above it, right? And I'm like, I'm not getting down. It. I don't care. I don't, because I'm like, what you're saying, if I talk to the other person, they'd flat out deny they said any of that stuff about you. Like, I, right. I am not getting involved in any of that drama right now. Like... There's so much drama within this group. <laughs> I'm not going right. to mention who they are, obviously. But there's so much drama that goes on, you know, like where people are like, oh, I think you said this. And I'm just like, you guys, like, if we stopped with this circular firing squad, I love the circular firing squad. Yes. That's what um, Jimmy Humphrey said, um, cancel culture is. I don't know if he made that up, but I like it. And that is, that, That's really good. Yeah, and I'm like, this, just stop. Like, just stop. Who cares? These guys think this. You think that. Do you guys both believe that we're saved by grace? Yeah? Okay, cool. Let's spread that grace. How right. about that? Can we do that? No, but what if they believe something slightly different than us? <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. We don't believe the exact same thing. Well, and I think that's part of the whole thing with like Christianity. And what's so unique about it is as long as you believe the core tenets of Christianity, then you can be a Christian. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter like, oh, so I believe, you know, in prevenient grace. Someone believes in like predestined grace or irresistible grace. It doesn't matter because we can all like do you at the end of the day. Um, except Jesus Christ and himself crucified and that kind of thing. And, and it doesn't have to, like, and certain people, they don't abide by this, but I think they're kind of missing the point. But, like, it doesn't matter, like, if you're a Catholic and you believe that or if you're a Protestant and you believe, as long as you believe the truth, it doesn't matter what church you go to and what political party you vote for, what whatever. It doesn't, I mean, there are some arguments to be made on both sides, on all different sides about stuff, but ultimately those things don't affect your faith. And I think a lot of times we pair up my, like let's say, as example, my specific beliefs with other beliefs that I have and say, if you don't hold to these, then it's difficult for me to believe that you're even one of these things. Hmm. And so, and I think by doing that, we, in some points it's important because we need to be unified in certain things. But in other points, it's kind of like one of those, uh, is, it, is it really? I just, I feel like so much of our theology is man-made, man-made constructs, you yeah. know? And it's like, whether it's like Calvinism, whether it's Arminianism, you know, like there's all this stuff that I'm just like, yeah, you know? Like there's elements of predestination, but there's also free will. Like I just, yeah. and so I kind of look at that and I'm like, yeah, I, I get what you guys are saying, and I know, like, when I had my near-death experience, one of the cool things was that I was like, wow, I thought that, like, my sin would, you know, like, it was almost like you get in a car crash, and you drop an F-bomb, and then you die, and you end up going to hell because you dropped that F-bomb, right? Like, I almost mm-hmm. had that kind of thinking, and, right. you know, coming out of, you know, surgery and saying I could have died, but then I had, like, this peace, like, I knew... I'd be okay. It was like this assurance that I was like, oh, 
oh no 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 god's not that petty <laughs> you know god's yeah. not that petty like he he knows your heart and he wants your heart and so i understand that like irresistible grace and like once saved always saved i like that you know just in case i die suddenly but at the yeah. same time i don't feel like god is holding on to me to where the point is where i'm like you know what i just don't want you like at all god and he's like no 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 come here come here <laughs> i don't think he does that i think he's just like all right okay if you really don't want me that's fine you yeah. know like it's and so i think at some level it isn't once saved always saved i like it just doesn't make sense to me well and it's the same thing too when we talk about like human free will versus the will of god and how you know kind of like this idea that's like everything that happens it's god's will and it's like oh, okay so this person got cancer because god you know like yeah. and it's like no no and i i think that's where i really lean towards you know what is taught in the shack and <laughs> i'm just kind of like that yeah like i don't understand how bad stuff happens like, I don't think God right. is like, oh, I am shocked. I can't believe that happened, right? <laughs> but at right. the same time, I don't think he's like smirking and just be like, oh, yeah, you'll see. I know your wife and kids died, but you'll see. I've got a plan here. You know, like, I think that he's actually in there with us and weeping mm -hmm. with us. And yes. I think that's where actually this... John Mark McMillan, I was listening to an interview with him, which was dynamite. Every time that guy speaks, I'm just like, this guy is brilliant. Um, but he's like, God is all powerful, yet he feels all the pain in the world. And I feel like that just might explain everything. Yeah. It, could, could you imagine how torn he is? Yeah. Because it's just like, all powerful yet he feels all the pain in the world and so i think a lot of times we always think of god he's like oh but he's on my side mm -hmm. and it's like no he created all of humanity so if he's feeling all the pain in the world it's like it's like tony vance's dad i was listening to tony vance's podcast are you you know tony right yep um, and his dad said this thing. He's like, so, so let's say you have faith to move this mountain and you're praying that God will move this mountain. And God's like, I cannot move that mountain right now. There are people <laughs> on the other side of the mountain that will get crushed if I move that mountain. Mm. And I'm like, wow. Like there's a, there's a bigger picture to everything. There's a reason yeah. why things work the way they work. And, man, there is some gross injustice in this world. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I just read a whole bunch of tweets of, like, writers who were saying, like, talking about all the threats they've received, you know, for what they've written. Oh, wow. And it was this big thing on Twitter because Stephen King was like, this is America. Writers don't get threatened. And <laughs> yeah. there were quite a few people that begged to differ. And um, I was just, like, thinking about it. I'm like, man, that is so messed up. Like, men attacking women and saying the worst things imaginable to women because of something they wrote that was political. And I'm like, right. I, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like, this is, this is awful. This needs to stop. 
And I'm looking at all the pain in our world and saying, what is the root cause? Can we stop addressing the symptoms and just attacking the symptoms and saying, such and such is a sin, or you know, this is this is a political issue. We got to stop this, and we got to legislate this, and we got to. And I'm like, what is the root cause of all this? Can we can we go there? Can we figure out how we can love one another and teach people how to love one another? And I know we live in a fallen world, but I think we can make it just a little bit better mm-hmm. by demonstrating as Christians what love is. What is divine love? How do we take our love further than our world is? Because sometimes it looks like our world has a better love than we do. And how messed up yeah. is that? That's, I, yeah, when, when I was, um, I was really hurt by the church when I was a teenager. Mm. And um, so going into college, there's just a lot of stuff, having a lot of betrayals and that kind of stuff. And um, I really became really good friends with like the atheists in, um, in my life and whatnot. And I was like, these people are, are more Christ-like than the Christians I know. Yeah. And they're, they're not Christians. They're atheists. They, they, they're actually antagonistic towards people of faith or yeah. to, to their faith, to, to the faith of people. Um, but no, but they were, they were kind and they were compassionate. And, oh, yes. and it's like, I want to hang around these people. I don't want to hang around Christians. One thing so I, I love about atheists is that they're like, this is my one life to live. Yes. And they're like, this is my one life to live, so I want to live the best life imaginable, a life of compassion, a life mm-hmm. of love. And they look at Christians and they're like, you just care about the afterlife. And you believe you're forgiven for being a terrible person, so you just act like a terrible person. And I know that's not true of every Christian, but that's the perception. And it's just so interesting to me because I'm like, man, you know what? Like, I think that we can live as Christ. We can live the way Christ taught us to live. And we will outshine everybody if we're doing this. Right? Right. And... And we still go to heaven naked. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but I mean, like, so it's one of those things that, like, if you, if, if I, who I like to cook, but I'm not a really good cook, if I can make something that tastes delicious, just imagine what someone with the proper training, with the yes. proper like fashion experience, could do. And yes. so it's the same way. Like next we look at level. Home. Exactly. Yeah. And so if we have we have Christ inside of us, who is the embodiment of love and compassion and forgiveness oh and justice gosh, yes. and all these other things, well, what what could if if you have people who aren't Christians and they're able to to be love and justice and stuff like that, imagine how much more if we actually have those things within us and we're able to do it. It could yeah. be, we, oh, it's so cool. Ah, sorry, Matt, I want to be the father's embrace to every person I meet. Yes. I'm like, that is such a beautiful thought. And I'm like, God is love. I'm so stuck on that notion right now. God mm-hmm. is love. And I remember I posted that on Facebook. And one of my, one of my uh, friends who likes to question me a lot. He's like, what about his other attributes? And I'm like, yeah, the, the Bible says, you know, like, God is merciful. 
It says that God is this, God is that. You know, God is God is great. God is, you know, but this is like the one where like God is love is actually we're taking an attribute and saying that's who God is. It yeah. doesn't say God is justice. It says God is just, right? And so Ooh. it's like there's a difference between like God is love and God is justice. It doesn't say God is loving. It's like God is love. And so yes. that means everything he is, is love. So even if he is, you know, bringing justice, he's still love. And he's bringing that justice in love. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a huge difference between, like, speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And, and I think so because of, because, because, so that way, because, bleh, when God rebukes us, when God does these things, we can trust that he's doing it. Because he is love and, and stuff like that. Whereas when your husband, wife, friends, whatever, rebuke you, it's not always in love. Sometimes yeah. it's out of anger and hurt, and, and we don't accept it the same way. But yeah, that's a great point with the um, that it says that God is just, you know, and he he acts justly, but he is like he's the epitome of what love is. Yeah, and it's like, why are we so scared of love as Christians? You know, like, it's like, because I say God is love, and people are like, whoa, hold on, hold on. I'm like, no, 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 he's love. Like, this is, don't, don't even, don't even. Don't even at me at <laughs> You know, because I'm yeah. just like, I, why are you so scared of this? Because you don't like the world's definition of love. I'm talking right. God's definition of love, which is above and beyond. And if we actually pursued that, the world would see it and be like, whoa, how are you doing that? Yeah. Because right now, people are like, what are you doing? You guys look nothing like Jesus. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, that's what we're hearing constantly. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, we could do so much better. Um, hey, another thing I was, I've been thinking about is, like, how, how many times I've heard someone say, Jesus died for you, and he would have died for you even if you were the only one. And I'm like, yeah. why do we do that thought experiment? The Bible does not say that. Does it? Uh, it also, I'm going to say this. I don't need, personally, I don't need to know that God, Jesus would have died for my sins if I was the only one. Because I'm not like, screw everybody else. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, no, I need to know that the Most High would lay him down, self down, if I was the only one. I'm like, I don't know why this is even a thing. People say this all the time. I'm like, is it even scriptural, like at all? I I think it's it's more along the lines of, I think less along the lines of if you were the only human, and more along the lines of he would have done it even if everyone else rejected you, if, even if everyone outside of you rejected. See, and, that's again a thought experiment, though, right? Because that hasn't happened. Wait, <laughs> right? We'll, yeah, we'll never be able to like. I know. So why do we need to tell people that? Like, it's just, I don't know. And normally I'm not super stickler for like, is it in the Bible? Or you can't yeah. say if it's not in the Bible, right? But I'm looking at this and I'm just like, why are we doing this thought experiment? Like, I, I just don't, 
because humans are so selfish, they have to feel like God would do this huge thing just for them and nobody else in the whole world, in the history of the world. He did it for you. Nobody else. It's like, I, no, 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 I'm cool with him dying for other people too. I would say that I think it's, what if it was the exact opposite reason? What if people are like, no, God, God could never love me and stuff like that. And yeah, he would have died for these good people who were like Mother Teresa, like Gandhi, whoever else, like people who are good. He would never die for me. But since he did die, I'll go ahead and ride on their coattails type thing. And so but the point of that is to put the focus on the fact of like, it doesn't matter how how screwed up you are and all the screwed up things you did. You don't have to be a good person. He didn't die for the good people. You just latch on to that. He died for someone even as screwed up as you. Yeah, I would say he died for people even worse than you. Yeah. And then I'd name some people. People I know on Twitter. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought you were going to pose a lot. And then... <laughs> Just start mentioning names. Uh-oh. Yeah, you... <laughs> he died for President Bleep. Yes, President Bleep. Um, at President Bleep, right? Yes, at President yes. Bleep. It's funny how many people didn't know that was me. Oh, cat's out of the bag. Oh, my goodness. We can fix that in post, right? <laughs> no, it's all good. What? Hey, there was a guy, I was listening to a pastor, and he was like saying, uh, I'm not really a pastoral care guy. And I was like thinking, he's the pastoral don't care guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking, too, like, it's funny, um, when I taught, I was, I was substitute teaching. And this kid came up to me, and they're just like, oh, Mr. Howie, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't care. And then he's like, no, what bit? And I'm like, no, see, I don't care so much. I'm not even going to say I don't care. I'm just saying don't care. Wow. The kids love me. It's not, yeah, I don't know. They were being dumb. It wasn't like a real thing. I promise nope. you that. Nope, it's 100% the real truth. You were just like, I, I hope you die, child. Ooh, the refreshing nature of truth and a tested new attack. This must be one of yours. Yes. How did you, how did you know? Because, because it makes it no sense to me. Good. Um, can you can you explain this to me? Yes. Uh, so, um, a lot of these come up from things that either happened to me or that I'm just thinking about because of things that happened to me. And um, oh, oh my goodness. I was ready for this last week. I'm not ready for it this week. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so I'll kind of, I guess I'll kind of share just real briefly what happened with me, and then we'll frame it into another thing. But so um, when I was at my other job that I got let go from um, for a bunch of other stuff, a lot of things that were very, very untrue um, were said about me. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, I don't have a good work ethic. People are scared to be around me, and I break. I suck all the joy out of the room when I walk in there wow. um, with some of the stuff. And other people were scared to talk with me for whatever reason. And it's huh. just all this kind of stuff. And it's, these are things that I fundamentally know aren't true about the, mm. about me. Yeah. And so, but these they were said about me, and then they were accepted and agreed by people who I thought were on my side, but weren't because they were the person who was making these accusations. It's position of power. Yeah, And they had to go along with it to keep their job and stuff like that. Right. And I didn't realize 
And I didn't, I rejected them because I knew they weren't true, but I didn't realize how much it actually affected me until I was at my new place of employment. Something happened and like they wrote a card for me because I was in the ER and all this other kind of stuff. And they said a lot of the same thing. They said, sorry, they said the exact opposite. They said, hey, Uh, we hope you're back soon. You know, just talking with you brightens my day or being around. You just have this like aura of happiness and joy and stuff like that. And and by hearing those things and like reading them, and I even said said them aloud because they were good. I just like my heart just got happy and full. Uh. I didn't realize how how down I was because of the other things that were said, even though mm. I rejected them and I knew it was yeah. true. And so I just, I thought about this and I was like, holy junko, this is like, what if the devil, cause we know the devil attacks us in our weaknesses and yeah. they, he, he picks on those things and whatever you're insecure about and stuff like that. But yeah. I've never realized or thought about the fact that like he attacks us in our strengths, the things that we don't defend because we know that like we have that stronghold there. And so what if he's starting to attack us, like our strength areas? So then I started thinking, okay, so I started asking some people, like, what are some things that like you know to be true, but people have said the opposite and you didn't realize that it affected you until someone said, you know, what you knew to be true. Hmm. And it's happened to a number of people. And so I was like, this is a new attack. Well, not a new, because there's nothing new under the sun, but this is a, a realization of this is a strategy that I hadn't realized before. So they're countering what you know about yourself by speaking lies about those things, which causes yeah. you to question the areas in which you're confident. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had an interesting experience um, years ago. Um, this is when I was really heavy into like songwriting and doing a lot of like Christian music and everything. And yeah. I've written some worship songs and I had shown them to like my worship leader, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, but they never used them, and I was kind of mm-hmm. upset about that. And so, like after you know a couple of years of me kind of learning how to get over that and stuff, um, you know, we lost, you know, a major worship leader at our church, and you know, one of my buddies who's super encouraging to me is like, oh, you should go for it. Like you've wanted mm-hmm. to lead worship for a while, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't led worship in forever. And so I, I, I met with my worship pastor, and I sat down with him, and I'm like, hey, so I just want to tell you, like, you know, I, I had this long period of time where I was really upset that they weren't giving me a mic to sing, and I was mm-hmm. just kind of stuck playing acoustic guitar when I know that I can lead worship. And, you know, I wrote songs, I showed them to you, and, you know, they, you didn't really respond to them, like, you didn't consider them at all. And right. he looks at me and he's like, huh, well, you're arrogant. And I'm like, what? Whoa. I never in my life has anybody ever called me arrogant. And I, I was like, wow, like that's shocking. And, um, and so, you know, like basically he told me, you know, you can't lead worship because you're not enough gu- good, good enough guitar player. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, huh, that's well, funny. That I thought he was going to say I'm not a good enough singer and that's why they haven't given me a mic. But it was funny, coming out of that meeting, I felt like there was nothing I could say to fix his perception of me. And yeah. I felt like it was almost like, and I don't know if this is the right scriptural kind of context for this, but I think about like how um, Joseph, he meets that dude 
who he interprets his dream and he says, Hey, um, when you get back to Pharaoh, can you come back to me? And right. like, can you mention me to the Pharaoh? And the dude's like, yeah, yeah, I totally will, bro. Totally going to do it. And then he goes and sees the Pharaoh and he hangs out with them for like how many years. And right. then like the Pharaoh's like, dude, I need someone to interpret my dreams. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, Joseph, that was like four years ago. I, I totally forgot about him. Right. And I right. felt like there was kind of this momentary blindness that that guy received. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that happens at times. And I think maybe that's what happened to you in that situation. They right. have this momentary blindness where they saw things totally different than they were. And I thought at the time that my worship pastor had this momentary blindness where he saw me as a different person than I really am. Although mm-hmm. I think, honestly, he had that perception of me for like quite a while. You know, mm-hmm. like he just kind of looked at me and like, wow, you're arrogant. And I was just like, that's so weird, right? Yeah. And it's funny, though, because I f- there was a part of me now looking back that I th- do see as kind of arrogant. And it's like this mantle of calling that's almost mm-hmm. crushing on you. It's funny because you feel like, well, no, no, no. God told me I'm supposed to be this big deal. Yeah. And so you <laughs> feel all this pressure to be this big deal. And you don't see it as arrogant. You see it as a burden. It's like, no, no, right. you don't understand. I'm brilliant. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's just like kind of that sense of this big calling. And I was like, I got I to gotta lead worship or I'm not doing what I was born to do. Right. And, um, and so I, I had a big roadblock there. And I still like to this day doubt my ability as a musician because of that. And wow. that's bad. And I have like, you know, family that are saying, no, 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 you're really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not that good. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny because what I've done is since then realized a very different calling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, learning that it's like, man, man, my job is just to build bridges. My job is just to nudge people a little bit. And I may do that in the podcast. I may, I may do something that shifts your thinking a little bit. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, but in conversation, everywhere I go, I'm going to be doing that too. In my music, I'm going to be doing that too. And I'm, I'm trying something different with my music. And I'm kind of I'm creating something different. And I'm like, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to be like, what is this? Right? <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to lead worship anymore. I... It was such a big part of me, but now that feels so caged, and I, I like being outside of that and just yeah. creating outside of that. Um, and it was funny because I, I, I told everyone, I'm like, I, I think I'm retiring from playing worship. I, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I left my church that I was playing bass at for 10 years, and wow. it's like I now just want to mentor young artists in Air Smudge if my new church wants someone to mentor artists, I'd be happy to do it there too. But I just want to stick to that. And I've now been approached a couple times at this church, and they're like, we need bass players. Like, we need bass players bad. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'll come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to audition. I haven't set up the audition date yet. But I'm just yeah. like, I'm going to audition. And I'm like, I'm just going to play bass. And I have no desire to 
pursue leading worship at this church. They have a lot of great worship leaders, but they're short on bass players, and I'm happy to help out. But yeah. what's really interesting for me is that music, like this music playing bass on the worship team, is nowhere near core to my identity as it is for a lot of musicians I encounter. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's such a blessing. Like, I'm just like, that's cool. Because I'm just like, I, I can do this, and it's fun, and I enjoy it. And I am gifted at it. You know, I can do it in ways that, you know, few people can, right? Just mm-hmm. naturally. And so I should be doing it, right? And so, right. <sighs> anyways, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I had kind of my Joseph moment where I was not seen, and I think there still was a misperception, yeah. but it wasn't complete misperception. There was an element of myself that was arrogant that I couldn't see then. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, so you think you're going to save the world, hey? Right? <laughs> and maybe, maybe like 10 years from now, I'll look back on, you know, me and my podcast and my music. And it's like, so you thought you were going to save the world, save huh? The world. But yeah. I don't know. I, I like this new calling because I just feel like I can just live it out in my day to day. And there's not a moment in my life that I feel is wasted. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of that to kind of just kind of jump on that, and I think in some ways to affirm, um, like I have been really focusing and pushing to get a um, like a full time vocational ministry position because um, that's what my my degree is ultimately in. It's in church um, ministry, church education, that kind of stuff. And so I was talking to one of my buddies who got that, and he's like, so in the meantime, I've been kind of ministering in terms of. Um, uh, like doing speaking gigs and talking with um, talking to especially specifically young men about like what it's like to to live a Christian life and, and our culture and stuff like that. And so I'm over here talking to one of my buddies who is a full time youth pastor, and he's like, "Yeah, I really just I really want to be able to like to go and like to to speak and to speak to like teenagers and stuff like that, like to kind of travel around doing that in addition to like a normal job of something and not." Yeah. not be like a youth pastor anymore. I'm like, holy crap, that's what I, I'm doing, what this guy's dream is, and he's doing what I think that dream is. Mm. I was way undercounting that. I need to, to kind of rethink some things. And so yeah. it's just interesting to to kind of see how how our ideas and views and stuff like that can change. Like, Because when we have it, we don't, don't necessarily always appreciate it. And then when we see other people want it, it's like, holy sec. Not, not that I'm going to speak in order so that he can't, but just it's like a whole... I was totally undervaluing what I'm doing because it's not what I thought I wanted. Yeah. And so it's um it's really interesting. Well, so kind I'm of same- like so thankful that things have come together the way they have. Yes. Like I I don't know. Like if I actually would have pursued ministry full time, mm-hmm. I feel like I would have been caged. I feel like I would have had to live up to whatever my denomination says I'm supposed to be. And yeah. here I am, I'm doing this stuff on the side that nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Know? I could say like, man, Buddhism's pretty cool. Like I was just listening <laughs> to this whole episode on Buddhism and I was like, oh, okay, life is suffering. Yeah, that's true. 
And if yeah. you like desire less, then you'll suffer less. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, makes sense. Nirvana is a state where you have no suffering. And I'm like, okay, that sounds boring. I don't want Nirvana. Like I, I yeah. think you need a little drama in life. <laughs> so right. I'm like, that's where I can't. Nope, can't. Yeah, I can't buy right. into Buddhism fully. But uh, it was Sorry, just. Guys. But it's just interesting to explore these different ideas. And I can speak publicly about these ideas. And I don't have anybody telling me, oh, you can't say that, right? right. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool that way. And I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, in my songwriting, it's not constantly, well, but can a congregation sing this? And it's yeah. like, you know, when they talk about worship music being singable, I, I just think the whole thing is so silly. Because it's like people will go to like a Justin Bieber concert and sing their hearts out to every word. And that is right. not considered singable by the church's standard. Anyways. I will, I will get off that soap, soapbox. <laughs> I'm getting off of it. Look, I'm drama, um, dramatizing it. Oh. Gonna, no, it's a good thing I we're in video, like this. so you can see it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, one more thing. Okay. Um, I read this statement a long time ago, and I think I must have posted it on Facebook. I, I can't remember. I must have got some pushback on it. I always do. Um, that must mean it's heretical. Yeah, it must be. Oh, man. See, that's the thing. I'm just like, this whole idea of like what's heretical and what's not. And part of me when people are like, is that in the Bible? And I'm like, don't care. And I mean, this like, I, I know people get really angry if I say that. But I'm just like, there are some ideas that I'm just like, this is a good idea. And it's like, if the Bible doesn't say it's wrong, then can we work with it? Right? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. here we go. Don't try to establish equality and justice by raising others up to the level of those you love. Don't try to make them more weighty. Rather, make yourself less weighty. Bring everyone to the same level by diminishing yourself. Put yourself and those you love on the level of strangers. Could you define what you mean by more weighty? More weighty, meaning that you're you're thinking of them as a bigger deal. Okay. So often it's like we need to amp this up. We need to amp this up. And I, I love this person. Now if I'm going to have compassion for this person, I need to love them at the same level as I love myself. And it's like, so if we diminish ourselves... We're now bringing, it's almost like, have you ever, you ever had to mix music? Um, yes. If you're, if you're playing live and you're like, okay, I'm playing the bass and I'm like, oh man, I cannot hear the bass. And so you start turning up the bass and you're like, oh, now I can't hear the vocals. I need to turn up the vocals. <laughs> and then you turn up, you know, and I, I, I think like sometimes what you need to do is just bring everything down and hmm. start from square one again. So what if... That's how we deal with compassion, is to be able to be like, okay, I just need to step back for a minute. And it's like, all right, so I'm just going to stop thinking about myself for a bit. Um, and I'm just going to take a look at this, this homeless person I, I just met today. Start thinking about them. What, it, what is their story? What is, and start to build that love for that person there. And instead of trying to bring them right to where you are in the love mm -hmm. scale, 
and your loved ones on that love scale, it's like actually bring everything down and just start from square one again. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I guess part of this too is like, I really believe that we can have far more compassion than we believe we can. I mean, like our, our world is set up in such a way that we're just like, okay, there was an earthquake in Hong Kong. Oh crap, my uncle was in Hong Kong. Did he, did he get hurt? No? Okay, good. But it's like there were 100 <laughs> people that died, but not your yeah. uncle, so everything's okay, right? And I'm like, mm. how do we get to the level where we actually see a human life as a human life? And I, mm. I, I think this is what I really want to discuss when we do that Wax Museum episode together. Yes. And we're going to be talking about war because I'm just like, there is just something interesting that happens there where we start really valuing people based on what uniform they're wearing or where they were born. And I'm like, how do we, how are we able to still maintain this idea that a human being is a human being? Because a lot of times we get wrapped up kind of in our own tribe. And right. so in the case of what we're talking about here in this statement, it's like, well, our family, I care about my family, don't care about that homeless guy. Oh no, that's wrong. Um, I need to care more about this homeless guy. How do I raise him up to the level of me and my family? And it's like, well, what if I stopped focusing on me and my family and making that everything and mm -hmm. I actually put the spotlight on him? Ooh, yeah. be... So I was initially going to extremely disagree uh, with your statement or with the, the, the initial, what are the, uh, the quote mm -hmm. and probably call you a, um, a political term that reminds me of Russia, but I'm not going to do that. But then when you explained it with the music, it kind of made sense. I was like, okay, okay. I can kind of get that. Cause like, you know, especially here in the U S it's all about, we're going to be the best that we can be. And we're going to bring everybody else up to be as awesome as we are. Yeah, how realistic is that, hey? It's doable, because it's America. <laughs> but, um, but then you get the whole thing of, like, if you just keep raising everybody up, especially in the music thing, then, then you do it. You overwhelm the people, and it's just too loud, or it could get distorted and stuff like yeah. that. So there is a thing of humbling ourselves, and oh, I think it's yes. possible through Jesus to lessen ourselves without... Um, devaluing ourselves. Because well, I think the initial rush is like, let me going to devalue myself. I'm a terrible human being, and now we're going to all be terrible <laughs> human beings together. And it's so actually, I'm someone who needs help, and guess what? Oh, Everyone man. like us needs help as well. Humble yourself before God, and I think maybe that's why mentorship as an artist is so important to me. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm able to, like, take the focus off of myself and my thing and my self-promotion mm. and actually focus on someone else now. And that's that kind of compassion thing that's going on, too. And it's like, Ben, I really believe in what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing, Jimmy, with your podcast. Mm. Maybe not so much with your Twitter account, because what you said about those authors was kind of dumb. But Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But it's like, you know, it's like, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going to make just kind of an intro to your show, and it's going to just enhance it a little bit. Theo, yeah. I, I love what you're doing. I just want to enhance it just a little bit. 
and and just just add that little bit to it, you know. And it's just like and just you know, musicians start listening to their music and say, oh, you think think you could do this, you know, with the bass yeah. line, or you know, we could just enhance this little bit. And it's like I want to raise them, and it's like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get credit for making the bass line better, right? I mean, I might get a producer credit, which is cool, but yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like <sighs> spread it. And it's, you started, you know, using your skills and spreading out where your skills go. And it's kind of like those favors you were saying. It's like you give mm -hmm. a favor. You, give, you do a favor for someone. And, I mean, they may come and pay you back. And that's cool. Right. Or they may not. And that's cool, yeah. too. It's actually, I was, um, when I was listening to that Blind Boy podcast, he was talking about um, the movie Scrooge, not Scrooge. Um, Groundhog Day mm -hmm. and he's reliving the same day over and over again and initially he tries to do it selfishly by manipulating women and all this stuff God. <laughs> right? Um, right but eventually he gets to a level where he's just like alright well I'm in this restaurant gonna save this guy from choking oh I'm walking by this tree there's a kid falling out of the tree I'm gonna catch him and yeah yeah I catch him, and he runs off and doesn't even say thank you. And I think, you know, initially that really bothers him. But after a while, he's just like, oh, I still saved his life. And it's like, that's where I want to be now. It's just like, you know, I'm just going to do the right thing. And, like, either people will be, you know, like, oh, wow, you did the right thing, or they won't notice, but I'm still going to do the right thing because that's, that's what's right. And that's because what makes my life to its fullest. So I could still be a humanist and a Christian, right? Like it's like right. I, I can I can you know work at making this world a better place, and know that this is not all. This is not all there is. Yeah, for sure. There's so much to think about. So much. So many things to think about. Yes, and I do want to say while we're still on the record that I think that the the uh, worship pastor whatever calling you arrogant i don't i don't really foresee you as an arrogant person i could see that you weren't being you maybe weren't being humble but arrogance i think is a very like big like thing to say like where to me arrogance is where you you actively try to bring people down yeah. so that you can elevate yourself and i don't i don't from what I know of you, and you may have changed in the past <laughs> however many years, I don't think you have an arrogant bone in your body. I can see you maybe not being humble or as humble as you need it to be. Yeah. We're all kind of in that position. Yeah. But I don't foresee you sabotaging people or bringing people down just so you can be better, which is what I think real arrogance like, is a key component to arrogance. Yeah, maybe it's a semantic thing. <laughs> but, yes. but, you know, it's funny, too, because I feel like we, we live in a society that is arrogant. And yeah. it's something that's so commonplace. And whether we're looking at like politics where it constantly happens, where it's like, well, I did this and, and the previous administration, they were dumb and I hate them and you should hate them too. Oh, that was pretty yeah. good politics. I could be a politician. No, um, we can't talk about politics. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's the same thing too. Um, this is one of my things. I have a big pet peeve with a lot of YouTubers. I really should stop bashing YouTubers now that we're actually putting our show on the YouTube, on, on the yeah. YouTubes. On, oh my, okay, boomer. Okay. <laughs> but, 
But I, I think there are way too many people who make a living off of being arrogant. Make a, make a living off of telling you why this movie's terrible, or this person's terrible, or this band is terrible. And it's like there's so many careers that have been built on just bashing people. And I'm like, man, like, if you actually had talent, you could just do what you do, and people would be able to see that it's better. Yeah. Right? And I, I think that that is what the world needs more of. And I think I'm deliberately focused in that way. And I know that there is, yeah, I, I think there is probably a few arrogant bones in my body <laughs> where, where I do want to, you know, demonstrate, I want to point out, you know, this is why that person is terrible. Yeah. Um, but if they are terrible, although okay. I guess my intention isn't like, I'm going to tell you how terrible this person is so you think I'm great. I, I just can't do that. So maybe that isn't in me because that, yeah. that drives me crazy. Um, but I, I'm, I, am, I have become an, you know, very focused on building character and being someone that I just want to lead by example. And that, you know, like I, I've been on this journey ever since I read that book, Road to Character by David Brooks, you know, where it's just like, man, you know, like, you know what? I'm not a big deal. I mean, I'm not a big deal and I'm okay with that. And I'm just yeah. going to be faithful with what God places in my hand. And that's where I'm at. Anyways, thank you for doing this with me. Not a problem. I'm always happy to be on here. Oh, I love conversation. I saw a podcaster say, I love podcasting so much. It's so much fun to have these conversations. And I listened to her podcast, and man, yeah, I don't think I should have listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was good conversation, but there were some points where I was like, I did not need to hear that. And they were like, for oh. our Patreon subscribers, we'll elaborate on this further. I'm like, hi, <laughs> those poor Patreon subscribers. Like, there's just way too much information about, yeah, yeah. It's like, why, Anyways, why would you do this? It's like the bad kind of naked. The good kind of naked is in heaven where, you know, like it's. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continue. I don't know. It's, it's so weird because intimacy, <laughs> like the term intimacy has become like such a, such a sexual thing. I think that's something, yeah. you know, our world has such a hard time understanding how yeah. to, you know, love and sex are not the same thing. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, when you talk about like the father's embrace, you know, to explain to people, no, 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 it's not sexual. It's just, I'm going to give you a hug. Like, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you everything's okay. And it's like, how do we demonstrate that healthy kind of love? And right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've been reading, I read this, uh, biography of Mr. Rogers and I was just thinking oh. about how he's like, he was such a, such a kind person but he was strong at the same time. And I'm like, that's such a beautiful notion. Yes. Mr. Oh, Mr. Rogers is awesome. Yeah. He's just the best. Yeah. Well, like, there's uh, the whole thing of intimacy. And then, then I know we got to stop, but yeah, yeah. it's just, it's something to where like, that's one of the things that I talk about when I, when I am doing like my talk around thing is that it's okay to have guy friends and it's okay yeah. to like, 
it's okay to give a guy a hug. That doesn't make yeah. you gay. You could just you can do it, and it's fine. And I think that's something that we really miss out, like authentic masculinity versus toxic versus cultural masculinity. It's like it's okay for guys to do. It's okay for guys like you cry during a movie if it's sad or whatever. But yeah. in the same, it's also it's it's okay. Like an intimacy isn't always sexual. It's like you are really good friends with this person, and they know. Like you don't have to put up a front for this. Yes. And so when you see like certain people on Twitter who like um, polemics ministries and discernment ministries and stuff like that, they're posting, oh yes, these guys are are trying to get people to share about their feelings. They gay. And it's like, what? No, that is th- stop. You guys are dumb. It's okay yeah. to have like guy friends and stuff like that. Um. Anyway. I don't know, man. I think we all are on our own journey. And I, I think a lot of this gender stuff could be could be alleviated if we just kind of say, okay, like, look, you're a dude that cries watching The Bachelor. <laughs> like, you know what? It was whatever, really, like, last, man. You last rock. Last week was terrible. You rock whatever you are, right? And yeah. it's like you you figure it out. I think when we start placing expectations, we start saying, well, this is what a guy should look like. And if this guy doesn't look like this, he should be questioning this and questioning this. Maybe he fits in a different category. And I'm just like, you know what? You know what? How about we just leave him alone <laughs> and let him sort that out? How about like yeah. we, it's like, <laughs> it's a whole other topic. <laughs> but um, I made this post and I was like, what if we assumed that every person was an expert in their own story? Mm-hmm. Now I'm saying as a starting point. Now I get you know, like experts. Oh no, experts. Now we have to believe everything they say. No, 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 no. It's okay to question experts. But when you question an expert, you question them with humility. You don't start yeah. with your assumptions and say, doctor, I already know what this lump is. <laughs> no, well, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you go to the doctor and you, you say, shouldn't. and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Are you, are you sure, doctor? Like, I, I just, I Googled it, and they said it's cancer. Can you just double check? Like, would you, you know? And I, I, I think that's it, though. It's like you have a little more humility when you understand that people are experts in their own story, right? Yeah. So it's like, so you cry when you watch The Bachelor. Okay. So why is that? Like, I'm just, I'm curious. Why, why does it touch you in that way? Mm-hmm. I'm curious now. And um, so I'm going to approach that with humility, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mock him. I'm not going to, you know, like, right. And I, I think there is a lot to that. Like, I think that masculinity, I think is a spectrum. I think femininity is a spectrum. I mean, mm-hmm. we're cool with girls that, you know, are mechanics, you know, girls yeah. that play sports, you know, play hockey, these girls that play hockey, right? No yeah. one's like, are you sure you're not a dude? Right? Like, no, no, no. She plays hockey. It's a cool, right? It's a cool yeah. one. It's all not good, it's a co- right? But, ah, um, Mario. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that, like, it's just, there's, there's a wonderful spectrum of diversity with this kind of stuff. Mm. And it's just intriguing to me how everybody does it a little different. And we're scared, you know, of categories or we're scared of people not fitting the category perfectly. And I think when we start getting systemic with this, mm-hmm. we end up exploiting people. And we could be exploiting those people in different ways. 
We're yeah. either trying to get them to fit into the box or we're taking them out of that box and putting them in a different box. When in reality, it's like these boxes maybe just don't fit. And maybe that person just needs to figure out what makes sense. And so let's encourage them on the journey and ask the Holy Spirit to guide them. And let's mm. see how that goes. That's what I think anyways. And that's truth right there. All right. All right, so follow Theosaurus Rex on Twitter at St. Theosaurus Rex. Have you come out with any new shows lately for your podcast? Um, no, I am, I'm actually working on a whole bunch of them. And Ooh. so it'll be, um, it'll be worked on. I kind of I got to this weird kind of um, uh, spot with some things, trying to figure everything out and balance stuff. And anyway, I think it worked. I think it's, uh, it, so I think things are working out. And I think that um, I have some cool stuff lined up. I think I say this every week, but this time it's actually there. And I've actually got stuff on paper and I'm, getting ready to record with some things and it's going to be a little different so sweet it'll be fun i hopefully. like different i respect your journey homie um <laughs> so where, where's the best place for people to learn about your podcast um my twitter i put stuff out there um, all right and then of course i have a youtube page you can look up theosaurus rex it's going to auto correct it to thesaurus rex which actually is apparently a real thing so you got to click and say no i meant this um, or the, you can uh, um, anchor. I use anchor for stuff. I think it's just slash Theosaurus Rex. Anchor.fm. All right. Well, thank you. I'm Bridge thank Levoit. Thank you for listening to ADD Masterminds. Hi, I'm Bridge Levoit. Cancel culture is a cultural phenomenon where there's a social effervescence where people get so angry at somebody, they want them to lose their platform. Jimmy Humphrey came on the Wax Museum to discuss this phenomenon with me. At the same time, he was experiencing something similar to that phenomenon on Twitter after he suggested that Christian authors give away their content for free. Listen to episode 61 on cancel culture and episode 62 on Jimmy's tweet on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or at thewaxmuseum.org.